everybody. Welcome to the Tortured Fan Bases podcast coming at you on this third day of July. Host All-Star Game roster day uh, that came out a couple days ago. And we are going to be pontificating on those rosters and discussing who is deserving, who is not deserving, and why is Jelan Duran not on the list. Uh, Fife Thompson being joined by my good friends, Kurt and Will. How y'all doing? Doing great. How you uh, doing, man? Doing pretty well. Well, based on my first sentence, I'm not doing awesome. Yeah, could be doing better. I'm a little upset. I mean, the I could. Let's the, let's dive right in. Okay? Exactly let's let's do this. Win homecoming team. Listen, they, did ex- they did exactly what I thought they would with the Reds All Stars. I'll say that. Exactly what I thought would happen. You're mad. You're mad. There, your crush didn't didn't win homecoming queen. Dude, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think we deserved it. Okay, she deserved it. <laughs> yeah, I. Okay. I mean, starting so, off, let, I let's start off. Let's let's I don't go know through about the rosters here. You, but I don't really have any problem with the All Star Game starters in either league. I think they're mostly slam dunks, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certain guys where it's just like impossible to argue against, right? Like Shohei. Um, whenever someone's injured, though, like I get Aaron Judge being selected as an All Star Game starter. Um, yeah. When they're injured, it's 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 kind of like okay, that's an honor, but like obviously they're not going to play in the games. So we're going to get a replacement, but like whatever. I'm not going to get into that. But a guy like Jonah Heim has had an outstanding first half catcher for the Rangers. He 100 deserves it. When you've got a Texas heavy infield, Corey oh, yeah. Seager and Marcus Simeon are playing out of their minds. So, in a certain sense, like I don't think we're getting necessarily a ton of legacy players. Like you've got Randy Rosarina, Josh Young at oh. third base, and Diaz at first base. I enjoy that. There's some turnover. I mean, looking at the American League, as you said, I mean, these aren't all names that you just, okay, yeah, the all-star rosters have been the same for 10 years. I mean, you've got Mike Trout, you've got Aaron Judge, you've got Shohei, Marcus, like, Corey Seager. These are names that have been there and just should be there. As long as they're in the league and playing at their level, they're going to be all-stars. That's sure. Prove it. But, I mean, Josh John, rookie, in, like, hell of a start. Marcus Simeon, making an incredible impact in Texas. Jonah Heim, just as you said. I, like, I like it. I I can't look at any of the reserves and be like, this guy should have been a starter. Yeah, I think what's weird is about baseball is that baseball is, like, really the only sport that you really, at least to the best of my knowledge, where the fans are like, like they're 100% voting for the starters. It is public opinion, which can sometimes be a bad thing. I don't think it really goes wrong that often, especially with the starters, right? It can be very easy for it to just be a popularity contest. And I'm sure there are guys in the past. I mean, I'm assuming Derek Jeter made a lot of all-star games that maybe he shouldn't have. But I, generally, it goes pretty well. Baseball fans are pretty good about that i don't i don't see that happening in other sports if you had the nfl where you voted for the all pro team i don't i think there'd be a lot of guys getting it that maybe didn't deserve it as much just because they're on a popular team or people don't like them well the nfl has its own issues with pro ball stuff i mean the pro ball sucked right like for the last couple years the pro ball sucks 
But um, the players but they, don't. But the, the fans don't vote on it. That's the thing. No, but the issue is with player selection for that. So a couple of years ago, the Vikings had this cornerback named Xavier Rhodes, and he was phenomenal for a couple of years. And then he fell off the table, and he sucked, man. Like he was just bad. Peace and love, Xavier Rhodes. You were one of my, one of my favorite players for a while. If you somehow listen to this, but you did not have a good year that last Pro Bowl year, and you got selected to the Pro Bowl. Everyone came out against that. I don't see anyone doing that here. If nothing else, we should just make a case for expanding the all-star rosters by a couple slots because there are some deserving guys and there are some guys that got snubbed. I will always stump for Juwan Duran not getting selected. I think that's ridiculous. He is one of the top five relievers in the game, and I he's not one like two through four. Okay, like he's number one. Um, you also got Wander Franco, somehow didn't make this roster. So if anything, let's let's just throw five more guys on the reserve. Let's just expand it a little bit. I mean, I I think the really interesting thing about the reserves is that they are all either coach or team or player picked, right? They're not voted on by the fans. So all the guys that were picked were either one of two guys or one of two classes of guys. They're either people that, hey, you know, the Washington Nationals are not very good. We got to have somebody represent every team. So congratulations. Here's your all-star. I don't even know who they picked for that, but same idea. And the other class are probably guys that everyone looks at and says, hey, look, this is a really good dude. This is a, he's had a good season. Probably wouldn't get picked by fans otherwise. Let's get him on the roster, right? And I think that's okay. I mean, obviously, sometimes it can be, hey, we just want to kind of pick our friends, but I mean, it doesn't generally go too wrong. Yeah, I, I understand that rule. I do like that rule. You know, I, I am a fan. I mean, of I, I don't think Johan Duran is a more deserving all-star than Sonny Gray. I'll say that. I mean, Sonny Gray is phenomenal. This is not a case yeah. for Johan Duran to be selected over Sonny Gray. This is a case for Johan Duran to get selected over Yannick Cano or Felix Bautista or some guy that's someone else on their team has already made it. Like, I don't think that you can make a case that both of those guys are better than Joanne Duran. I think that they, he definitely is. But again, I'm going to say that it's not an issue of selection. The players that have been selected have been incredibly worthy. I think we need some more. If you're going to make a rule that everyone, every team needs one guy, then expand the roster so that deserving guys don't get snubbed. Because this is an honor for a lot of these guys. It's not like the Pro Bowl where everyone's like, well, I want to go to Cabo instead. If you get selected to the All-Star game, generally you go. And generally these players have an absolute blast. And a lot of these guys have incentives in their contract for it. Yeah, and Let's some of these guys will. Bit. Some of these guys, and the guys who were picked aren't, this isn't the set roster that's going to play in the All-Star game. Some of these guys are going to choose to not play in it because I mean, judges injuries or whatever. Yeah, Judge is hurt, so he's not going to be there. Yeah, so there will be guys that are picked to replace them, and they'll be all-stars i don't know how deserving that is but they'll be all-stars you know That's and true. some of them some of them have these incentives in their contracts so it's a big deal for them so um, thompson as a uh, red sox fan how do you feel about kenley jansen you guys have anyone besides kenley jansen or that's it i think it's it for them. Uh, no uh kenley's the only one i i will say there are there's at least three that should be that should make it from pitching. Boston. I mean, Verdugo, 
I have issues with not having made it. The dude's yeah. playing out of his mind. Um, I'll go, go. I mean, you could make the argument for James Paxton and Brian Bayo easily. Easily. What's your argument for Bayo? Because he doesn't have the best counting stats in the world. Uh, 73 innings pitched, 308 ERA. That's not bad. Sorry. I didn't realize that that was, you know, not the best. I thought his ERA was in the fourth. Sorry about it. I thought his ERA was in the fourth. So, so here, here, I, I, I got a question. He's been killing it. I got a question for you guys. Yeah. So we've got the All Star game, and we've got the All Star futures game, which is for prospects, right? It's way off. Generally, the futures game like unless you're really invested in prospect stuff you don't really care right and even then you're like well it's either guys that are really far away or guys that are about to be in the majors what if we had a a young players draft or a young players game game for rookies game for like for maybe guys that have, i think it will be five great. years look i i want to do everything i can to make the case that Spencer Steer and Matt McClain should have been in the All Star game. And this oh, is you're a not game talking about Ellie De La Cruz, the the best yeah, player in baseball by played. far. This is a game that would be great for that, right? Because I don't think I mean he hasn't played enough to unseat some of these other guys who played all year. That's great. Give me give us a game where we can see all these guys, all these young players that are really exciting. Because the prospects is fine, but people just don't care. I can I can dig that idea honestly. If you make that like the first five years of their career, and they could be, I think as long if you're going to do that though, you should let them be selected to both rosters. Like there will be players that'll be yeah, you, you know, can. year two. But like, I'd I'd like a game for rookies or like get anybody who still has rookie status. I don't want a game for them just so we can see all these exciting young players that everybody wants to see. I don't think you're going to have enough players if you just do rookie status. I think you should. You'd have to expand that a little bit, but I get what you're saying. I would like to see that. That would be nice. Give the young guys a deserving honor. I don't know. There's there's a number of Red Sox that could have made it. I mean, it'd be cool to see Yoshida in there, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's been as good as Verdugo has. I, yeah, I'm I mean, gonna retract my earlier statement. Brian Bayo has awesome counting stats. My bad. Wow. Didn't even it's look. Okay. Just said, it's okay. No, you need a little faith. It's okay. It's <laughs> Bro, okay. The last time we, I, I checked Brian Bayo, his ERA was in the mid fours. So I don't know what I missed. I expected that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I came to y'all before the season started and I said, this kid Brian Bayo. And y'all were like, oh my God. He doesn't have like a prospect y'all might have. And I was like, he's a stud. He's going to be a stud. You don't even have to stress about it. Forget about his name. And now you see. Now you Maybe. see him rise like a phoenix. What he's not getting an all-star name? bid. He doesn't want one. He's getting rookie of the year. He's getting Cy Young. He's coming next year for the all-star game. You know what the unfortunate thing, though, is he can't win rookie of the year because he had 57 innings last year. I don't care about 57 innings last year. Has, has anybody, <laughs> has anybody ever done that? Has anybody <laughs> ever won an all won a MVP or a Cy Young without being an all-star? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Really? Yeah, probably the last time a twin won a major award, they didn't get selected to the All-Star game. Oh, oh my God. 
No. Yeah. Oh, Cur- Curving pocket should have been to more all-star games. <laughs> Dude, it's just tough, man. When you cheer for a small team like the Twins, I'm sure the Reds fans get it. Um, yeah. Shut up, Red Sox fan. But, like, you can have the best hey. guys in the world, and no one's going to know who they are. Like, it goes back to the Joe Maurer, Yadier, Molina comp- comparison. Like, stats-wise, Molina is way worse than Maurer. Maurer is far superior. But everyone's like, well, Molina's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Maybe Maurer will make it. It's like, if you actually look at the numbers, like player A to player B, everyone's going to pick Maurer every single time. But he's small market guy. The oh, Cardinals have garbage. won a bunch. Joe Maurer, he's an MVP. He only, he only won one MVP. He was only a six-time All-Star. Oh, this is I'm gonna, you know what? Just for my just for my own thing, I, I, I think he made the All-Star game that year in 09 when he won the MVP. But I'm just going to look it up quick to see. Okay, yeah, yeah he, he made the All-Star yeah, game. Never mind. <laughs> I hope so. I remember oh, uh, I, was talk- I was talking to my grandpa about Kirby Puckett, and I was like, well, hell, Grampy, imagine if he was 6'5". And if he was 6'5", he would have been a Yankee. <laughs> so I just found one, Fife, um, and I was right. Uh, in 2006, Justin Morneau won the AL MVP as the Twins' first baseman, and he did not make the All-Star game. There you go. In fairness, that's because he's ugly. Justin, Justin Morneau. <laughs> he is an angry Canadian. Do not anger that man. I don't, I don't think that factored into it at all. <laughs> Have you seen Justin Morneau? He's got five you, kids, man. Clearly, he's not ugly. Justin Morneau, dude, how did that happen? He won the AL MVP. Well, he hit no. 34 dingers. How did he drove win in 130 MVP runs. Without... All right, that's fine. That's weird. Well, he's a twin, dude. Like, I don't want to sit here and just, like, hammer the drum of... Major League Baseball hates the Twins, but Major League Baseball doesn't really like that the Twins are good. I mean, he was yeah. 25 at the time, so and he he was like decent in 05, and so I'll give you that of like, well, he wasn't a established star, but he probably was having a pretty good first half. I don't have his season slits. I can imagine if he's doing the if he has that uh, performance like I'm seeing, batting 321, OPS and 934, OPS plus a 140, he probably wasn't garbage in the first half. He was probably a pretty good player. And that was also the day of uh, what's his well, face, Jason Giambi. So he was probably lighting it up too. But I, I think I know why he didn't. Why is that? Because your all stars that year were Liriano and Santana. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't really disagree with those two guys. I get that. The Francisco Liriano was. Filthy when Liriano you, was you young. You had three. You had three All Stars that year. Oh, should have had a fourth. Oh my god. The the thing that I'm remembering, uh, I'm remembering the second half that Manny Ramirez had after he was traded to the Dodgers, and people were like MVP chanting for the National League for Manny Ramirez, and. That's the situation where if you have a pretty good first half, don't make an all-star team, but erupt like he did, 100% you could make. Like, that's an easy, easy case. Yeah. I, I think, let's look at Christian Yelich, too, because he won the MVP in 2019, but he didn't. He might have made the all-star game because he was a good player in the first half, but his uh his second half was absolutely absurd. Okay, he did make the all-star game that year. Never mind. Yeah, I'm sure it's more common than, than you think. It just seems like we a weird We found thing. one instance, so we've proved that it's happened. 
Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I just well, let me let me look here. What, what year was that that Mauer or that uh, Morneau won the? Oh six. Two thousand six. Yeah, he was my brother's favorite player growing up. Morneau was awesome, man. He would bat behind Mauer. He was just so fun to watch. He every single time he swung the bat, he would puff up his cheeks with air. And then he would swing and he'd just stare angrily. He'd set the bat down and run. It was, I mean, he was so fun to watch. And he batted right after Joe Maurer. So Maurer would get on base and Morneau would hit a dinger and drive him in. It was pretty good. Pretty good setting. All right. If we go by war that season, Johan Santana should have been the MVP. Uh, I am never going to disagree with that. Johan Santana. Justin Morneau would have finished not high. Oh. We'll just say that he's a product of uh, not having war as a stat in 2006. Well, if we're going to go with position players, it should have been Grady Sizemore. Really? Yeah. He had a pretty decent year. Got 6% of the vote. Had a pretty decent year. That's fair. Man, Johan, I've just reminded every so often, and this is a complete digression, um, but you look back at his performance with the Twins before they traded him to the Mets, and even the year or two years after they traded him to the Mets, like his great. peak was brief, but it was legendary, man. I mean, he should have had three straight Cy Youngs. He got robbed in 2005, but he's putting up 261, 287, 277, 333, 253 for ERAs. Like he's consistently in the high twos, low threes, starting over 30 games a year throwing some shutouts, pitching over 230 innings. I mean, this guy just had an awesome career that was cut short by injuries. That was see, pretty his, disappointing. His career, his his totals from what would be his peak years, 156 ERA plus, a, good. what we got here, a 285 ERA, 321 FIP, and 1,300 innings struck out 1,358 batters. So he struck out more batters than he faced. That's it's pretty good. Pretty man. good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, he was so fun to watch. He really pretty was. Good. That changeup, dude, it would just drop off the table. Oh, it was disgusting. so fun. And he, yeah. he threw in the you know upper 80s, barely touched 90. Still great. I think he, I think he was low 90s at his yeah, peak. Yeah, but, but he threw that like two-seam changeup a lot. Yeah, yeah. And he was, I mean, like, was, living right around 90. If you can throw a pitch like that, you should throw it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. he was never a, a power pitcher by any stretch, but... Yeah. He's fun okay. to watch. Yeah, we've, we've gone completely off the rails here, and that's <laughs> okay. Um, there's there's some other really deserving guys that got elect, got uh, nominated. Emmanuel Classe, a uh, reliever for the um, Guardians. Excuse me, I almost said Indians. Yeah, um, really, really great player. Uh, and then I, I called them out, but I don't want to discount them. Felix Bautista and Yenny Cano of the Orioles have had phenomenal seasons. Um, so I can't really argue. I'm just a little upset, but deserving people got elected, which is good. So I, I would like to count from the 2020 Cincinnati Reds. Would you like to guess how many players that were on that roster are All-Stars this year? 2020 Cincinnati Reds? Yes, before they started trading everyone off. Okay, so you've got Sonny Gray. Um, was Alexis yeah. Diaz up in 2020? 
Uh, I don't think so. You don't think so? Okay. Think I'm going to so. go through the roster here, see if I identify people. So one through Sonny Gray, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Castillo would be two, pitcher yeah. for the Mariners. Diaz Michael Lorenzen, right? Michael Lorenzen. Michael Lorenzen, yeah. Okay, that's three. Thompson, you seen anyone besides those three? Um, don't think there's I'm just any. I'm trying to remember all of the names that Fife always texts all of us, and is like, I miss this guy so much. There's one say more. Three. Who am I missing? One more big one. Um, one more big one. Am I insane? Can you? Yeah. Can you narrow it down? Am I looking at American League starters? American League this reserves. National League. National League starter or reserve. It's reserve. Okay. Let's see here. One more big. Oh, uh, Castellanos. Yeah, Nick Castellanos, man. Come on now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. So that is that is three, four big red starters that used to be Reds, very recently, and now are all stars for another team. I think. If the if the Reds go back and undo almost every trade that they've made over the last three years, they probably have a pretty decent team this year, and they have a decent team this year, but like a little bit better of a team. Yeah, I don't know. It, and it kind of makes it easier to say that oh, it doesn't matter when they're good or better, but still, like oh, sucked. Well, if you look at if if you look at Castellanos, he would have been a free agent. Still would like to have him, right? Mm-hmm. Castillo, I don't even remember. Like, I don't think any of the guys that are up right now and contributing, I don't think any any of those guys were involved in that trade. I think that was like the Noel V. Marte trade, which yeah, he's he just got be, from. He's probably he just got pretty promoted good. to AAA. So, listen, something's happening in, in Louisville, all right? All these... Reds hitters, all these young Reds hitters are going to Chattanooga and then to Louisville, and they're hitting everything. They're destroying the ball. And I don't know what they're doing, but I love it. We got to keep it up. So is this where we like pull a Sports Illustrated and we make a cover of the Cincinnati Reds 2027 MLB World Series champions? Um, we make that call right now. What year did you say? 2027, four years from oh, now. Oh, buddy, you got to go way sooner than that. 2027. Seriously, good I'm right say now. four years from now, if Ellie De La Cruz continues on this trend, and Mike Trout will be a forgotten. Um, Matt McLean will have become his third baseman sidekick. Spencer Steer is going to be decently average. You've got some more starters coming up. You got Novelli Marte. I'm saying 2027 at the latest. I'll make that call. I really hope it doesn't great. come true because it would frustrate the hell out of me if the Reds made it to the World Series before the Twins did from here on out. But I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. 2027. You know what's great about all those guys? What's that? They're already good now. Yeah. Okay, shut up, Fife. All right, moving on. Um, You guys got... You had just the one. Who was your all-star again? Diaz. Alexis, Alexis Diaz. Diaz. Okay. Yeah, pretty, which is exactly easy. what I thought they would do. I mean, I think they probably deserve to have one more. Who? But uh, it would have been Spencer Steer. I think I think Steer was deserving. Let's look at really his stats do. real quick. I'll see if I agree with you or not. They're I pretty mean, I good. Say he's a decent player. It's him. It's him or McLean. Or okay, no, Matt McLean came up last month. That's not going to happen. 
Okay, bud. Go ahead and sort shortstops by war. What is he at? Go ahead and do it. 2.1 right now. What? No yep. way. Yep. How? Well, How on earth does he have that much war already? Because he's good. He's really good. He hits the ball very well. Okay, I'm looking it's like not, an idiot. War's not impressive anymore. Shohei put up 10 in a game. Okay. <laughs> that's still that's still impressive. <laughs> that's still in one incredibly game. Incredibly impressive. I'm I'm so meta. I'm past war. I'm back to batting at all right. Show me all that. right. All right. Here you go. If we take away the qualified, right? And we look at all shortstops in Major League Baseball by war. Would you like to know who sits seventh in all of baseball? Matt McLean. I'm, yeah, 1. I was going to say, I, I think I can guess that. 1.9, Matt McLean. I prefer my all-stars to be top five. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, he's top five in the National League. He's, what, fourth in the National League. I prefer them to be top three when separated by league. Wow. Wow. That's really how just... me, the fan. Votes. And see, you know what's wild? The guy who was actually picked, not he, he's barely top five. Orlando Arcia. Which, well, it yeah, goes different from relievers. Well, that's a, that's a redemption story, so it's okay. Wait a second. Wait a wait a second here. Okay, here here here's the problem. Let's compare these two guys. The guy that was picked, Orlando Arcia, he's having a great year. He's had 241 plate appearances in 62 games. Walk rate of 7.1%, strikeout 20%. ISO of 143 for a, a nice little 296, 349, 430 line. Hitting 114 WRC+. plus. That's pretty good. Yeah, but he plays for the Braves, so that's an extra couple bonus points. Wait. Matt McClain, 200 plate appearances. Basically the exact same peripherals, 313, 375, 549, 143 WRC+, plus, exact same war in 40 less plate appearances. Matt McClain should be an all-star. He shouldn't be the starter, but he should be an all-star. Okay, I think y'all should fight him. Yeah, I think we're gonna we're just gonna fight over this one physically. Um, well then, if you're just gonna play the war game, like Wander Franco should have been the starter, three point seven WAR, and Bo Bichette shouldn't have been a backup. He should have been the starter well as well with three point well, WAR. Who is the starter? So there's the there's more Who's to the it than just the WAR. What was that? Yeah, but I'm saying if we're making if we're making arguments here over actual stats, Matt McClain should be an all star. He should. Just saying, you should. Okay, well, I hope for your sake he becomes an injury replacement, and for my sake as well, but that's okay. Uh, Good for Matt McClain. Great first half. So proud of you, bud. I mean, great first, like, quarter, really, to be honest. Not even a half. That's true. That is kind of insane. I mean, he's on pace for, like, six war as a rookie. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's, he's, he's incredible. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little upset right now. Not for what you, the reason you think, but I just saw Spencer steer stats again. And I'm reminded of how bad the twins offense is. I would yeah. love to have that in the middle of our lineup. That would have been great. Also been very good this year. And the thing that I think makes it a little bit worse is if you look at him and if you, you can go to different places, baseball prospectus does a lot of defensive war stuff 
for defensive value stuff. Fangraphs does too. Pretty much everyone says he has negative defensive value without saying that, hey, Spencer Steers played like four different positions this year and actually been okay at them. So he should yeah. be better, I mean, better than he actually is if we're just going like war or warp or whatever you want to use. Like he's getting dinged a lot for defensive value whenever he's just he's offering to play all over the ballpark. Well, that's why I didn't get selected. I prefer my all-stars to have positive defensive value. So, you know, deal with it. He doesn't even know what position he plays, and you want him to start. So what you're saying is Carlos Correa shouldn't be an all-star then. No, he should not be an all-star. In no world should Carlos Correa be an all-star this year. Byron Buxton shouldn't be either. Honestly, like no one that swings the bat for the Twins should be an all-star. Byron Buxton, there's no way he can have positive value defensively anymore because he doesn't play a position. Can't have negative defensive value though. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. That's a big brain. Move, well, dude. actually, Nelson DeCruz, Nelson DeCruz is one of those average fielders during his run with the Twins because he never played the field. Oh, I'm sorry. I take this back. Correa does have some good positive defensive value. He just has negative offensive value. <laughs> <laughs> He's just really, really bad at swinging the bat, which is unfortunate. Really, he's not real bad. He's just like your garden variety bad. He's he's. Medio- he's Midwest mediocre at hitting. Bro, when you pay someone $36 million, you're not paying them to have positive defensive value and a 90 OPS plus, especially hey. when you're a small market team like the Minnesota Twins. I have like West sat here and just hitting. preached patience on Carlos Correa, and I'm like reaching my breaking point where I'm like, bro, I need something back. Like I'm like the mob boss that made a loan. I need I need a little little money back here. Or something's gonna go bad because I'm just like, dude, we're paying you too much for you to do this to me. Because I'll watch him like throw a bullet or make an incredible defensive play and come to bat. I'm like, after that play, he's gonna smoke a double, and he just he strikes out. And I'm like, ah, oh, my goodness, man, what are you doing to me? What a time. What are you doing to me? I never thought I'd be here. Remember how excited I was after we re-signed him, Fife? I, I, I think mean, I my think exact words were, I think my exact words were, there's no way this could go wrong. I mean, we could go back and find the receipts, but I, I don't want to do that to you. Yeah, my receipts were, I don't think this could go poorly for the Twins. <laughs> and so far, it's gone poorly. And we're continuing to see why I'm a bank regulator and not working in Major League Baseball. Not working I, I in, in actual banking? Words. I think the exact words were, if there's two things that I trust in my life, it's Correa's ankle and his bat. To <laughs> be fair, dude, the ankle hasn't been a problem. That's going real well. <laughs> the ankle has not been a problem. Yeah. That's yeah, no, what I'm saying. So you're you 50 right now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I, I got a question yeah. for you guys. I got the All-Star Futures game roster pulled up here, which yeah. I know we just foreshadowed. And we got some... We got some prospects here that I want to get your take on. So for Minnesota, you have exactly one. Sucks yeah. to suck. It's and that evil. is a pitcher named David Festa. All 6'6", 185 of him. What do you know about him? So he is... So the Hanging Twins have kind of... So I'll backtrack a little bit. The Twins, a couple years ago, I think in 2016, hired a guy named Derek Falby to lead our baseball operations department. Yeah. Uh, and he came from Cleveland and we've talked about it on the podcast, but Cleveland is basically like if there's a six, five white guy that went to a small school and has an above average sprint spin rate and struck some guys out, we're going to draft him in the 14th round and we're going to turn him into an all-star starter. And I got that from Aaron Cleveland. So no copyright or anything, 
But that's just basically what Cleveland did. And the Twins are like, we've seen this and we've been burned by this enough. Let's get him. And so they hire him. And for years, they've been preaching this pipeline, this pipeline, this pipeline. Didn't see much, didn't see much. And all of a sudden, our rotation is really good. Uh, not because we drafted and developed, but because we've acquired guys at single A, double A that we like and we've developed them and we've turned them into major leaguers or we've traded for major league starters. But now we're at the point where guys that have been drafted and developed by this organization are actually starting to make some dividends at the major league level. You have a guy like Louis Varlin. You've got guys like Simeon Woods Richardson. You have a guy like Juwan Duran. You've got other relievers, you know, Brock Stewart that's been developed. You've got a ton of guys that are coming up. And David Fest is just kind of the last guy in that right now. Um, a lot of them have been used as trade bait. You know, the the Reds are well aware of the Twins trade bait that we have with starting pitchers. Y'all have acquired a few of them. The Orioles got one of them. So David Festa, he was a 10th round pick, I think, out of some small school. He probably threw, if I had to guess, not knowing the numbers, he probably threw about 90 to 92 in college. I'd imagine he's up to 95, 96, 97 right now. Probably is a pretty good slider slash, slash sweeper. Maybe a good curveball, but he's going to be a pretty decent guy that projects as kind of like a mid to late area of the rotation with the upside of being a number two guy. The twin system is stocked with these guys, not a dig on David Festa whatsoever. Personally, I think he's been a pretty good prospect, not knowing the numbers, but he's performed pretty well by all the measurements that I've heard. But that's that's who he is. Like he's he's just another guy in the twin system and he's going to contribute. Just a guy. All right. I, I you do know, want to I'm out. not sitting here just like he's he's going to be the next the next big thing. He's not the next Johan. He's not the next Kevin Correa that anchored the Twins rotation for a half decade. But he's going to be a guy, probably trade bait. You know what? You need guys like that, right? It, not yeah. everybody's going to be an all star, but not everyone's also an org filler either. Like there are dudes who maybe they're not going to have ten year careers, but someone needs get to eat those innings. Something. Someone needs to eat those innings at the back of the rotation. And that's kind of who David Festa projects to be. Could I be wrong? A hundred percent. Am I wrong? Most likely on all accounts. But that's who he is at this point. He's going to be your number three guy, and that's great. Said screw that guy's career. <laughs> I would. I would also like to point out that he plays for in the Double A Texas League, and this is the most Midwest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There are two teams here, right beside each other. One in Triple A and one in Double A. He plays for the Wichita Wind Surge. Mm-hmm. Their mascot is a horse. The other team, the Omaha Storm Chasers. There is nothing in the Midwest except for weather. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. got baseball teams named after it. Let me tell you, man, when we were growing up, not growing up, of course, but when I was 21 and older, of course, uh, when the tornado sirens would go off, we wouldn't go to the basement. We would grab a beer and sit out on the porch and just kind of watch it. Just wait for that tornado to come. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I don't you even... did that as well in Ohio and Kentucky. Five. Like, Dude, that's just, I don't that's even... just the way you treat tornadoes. You know what I do if there's a tornado warning? I turn the TV on and look out the window to see if the trees are getting a little more extreme or not. That's it. I don't run and hide. I just watch it. <laughs> you grab a beer. That's if it, I'm yeah. gonna die, well, I'm gonna die with a beard. You know what I do? Like and this nice is style. I I become a fan of the, the weatherman then because buddy, that is like that's the Super Bowl for them. Because they know everybody in the state, everybody in the area is watching them, and they are just losing their mind. It's fantastic watching those guys just get into it. Mm-hmm. I can see why Mike Trout watches the weather channel now. I can see it. Does he actually? That sounds like Mike Trout. Oh, Mike Trout is a huge he's weather a guy. 
He loves oh, the weather. Jersey. He yeah. calls in and talks about snow. Like he, yeah. I think he said he wants to try and be like a storm chaser when he retires. He loves the weather. I feel like Mike Trout's the kind of guy that would retire at like 35, kind of like Mauer did, just be like, I'm done. Get yeah, my contracts yeah, up. I need to buy a tornado. So. <laughs> he's just going to start his own weather station. Yeah, he just starts hurricanes now. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Los Angeles needed some fun stuff. He just starts throwing baseballs at hurricanes that are coming in off the golf. To the playoffs. Press the button. <laughs> so Boston... Boston has three players in the uh, the futures game. Ooh. Two of them are pretty yeah. pretty notable, right? Obviously, you got Marcelo Mayer, really good at baseball. Talked about him before. You also got Nick York, who you've also talked about before. Love both of those. I There's am, one other guy that I don't think you've talked about. Shane I have not. Rohan. Um, Shane Drohan. I mean, 6'3", 195, big lefty. I've heard good like obviously I'm not sitting down and watching all of his games. He's got a three four nine this season. Uh, uh what level? And he's I mean triple A pitched in fifteen oh, games. That's pretty good. Triple yeah, A. He's, he's he's up there. Yeah. Well so, sorry, he's got a one three two in six games in double A this year and a five nineteen in triple A. Okay. So well, I mean that's obviously what you can take from that is that's a dude that's filthy. But he's got to, like, just polish it a touch. Yeah. I mean, you don't accidentally have a 1-3-2 over, you know, what was it, 34 innings against professional players. I don't care what level. And that's just one of those guys that, you know, as as it is hard right now looking at the Red Sox pitching situation, knowing that we've got arms coming up like, you know, you've got – Chris Murphy, the obviously the Drohan, and then Brian Mata is the highest ranked pitching prospect. But he's, I mean, he's got a five six one this season. That's one where it's like, okay, what what what, what's this guy really doing? What league does he play in? Because uh, so, some of those minor league pitching stats are kind of wonky. Because some of those leagues, like especially they play out west, where yeah, everyone's the playing it, you can forget ERAs. Yeah, everyone's That's playing true. at eight thousand feet, and it's like, yeah, whatever. You can't keep the ball out of the ballpark. Oh no, he's in. Uh, <laughs> he's in Woochester. Oh yeah, that's 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 a little rougher. International leagues, a little okay. Rougher. We'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll see exactly where his prospect shine falls once Fangrass updates it. Yeah, yeah. It'd, be, it'd probably be fine. I mean, I think for pitchers especially, the result is, like, it's definitely secondary. Like, as long as you are progressing in the way they want you to, meaning pitch design, I don't think they really care as much. Yeah. You know who's I not mean, having wait, a really good time right now? Marcelo Mayer's not having a good time at double-A right now. Marcelo Mayer's in triple He's in double-A right now. Hold on. Hold on. He's not. He's not having a good time. I disagree. I disagree. He just no, no, no chance. Let's see. Last ten games. Let's last ten games. All right, one for three last game. He had an RBI. Two RBIs the game before that when he went one, two for five. This guy's killing oh, yeah. it. Oh wait, no, that was in May. Never mind. 
Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's in he's in one ninety right now. He's not having a good time. Oh, but remember, gracious. he's he's a twenty year old in double A, so that's was pretty solid. Yeah, give the, the guy a break, Fife. Goodness gracious. I'm just yeah, saying, come on, now. have a good time. Let me, let me take a peek well, here. Listen, listen. Here's I feel like I'm the guy who can just I, I, I got a I got a lot of boasting to do right now, okay? Whole lot. Because the Reds' participant is Noel V. Marte. Noel V. Marte just hit AAA, and he is killing it in AA right now. He's probably going to push the big leagues this year, mainly because he's on the 40-man, and they kind of have to. Where is he going to play? That's a good question. We'll talk about that when we get there. He is also a shortstop. Yeah, one of one the of 17 that you guys have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll figure it out. Be a right? shame if someone took India from you. You want it? Not, you want to do something with them? You're not. You're not. The big Reds don't. Maple, man. You want big maple. I don't. What's I don't want. Happen? You know what's wild? I I rarely read anything from ESPN anymore because ESPN sucks. Yes. I stopped to read an article about, hey, what are the what's the, the things that each team needs to do to buy yourself a deadline you know exactly what the espn article said reds need to go get james paxton like what i don't know do they no. say that they need to give up J- uh, uh jonathan india as well because i feel like yeah. i know who wrote that it didn't say it but it said james paxton like, come on man There's other people I out agree. there i personally could not agree more yeah and but you, you know for a fact if, if they if, do it you're not getting think- anybody good you're getting prospects. That's what you get. Yeah. You're not. You're not getting good players. <laughs> I mean, for, uh, it, one for one, like India with three years of team control after this year is not a fair one for one with the half season rental of James Paxton. I'm sorry, like that's just yeah. not going to happen, Thompson. Unless you guys throw in someone good. Someone good. James Paxton's mighty good. What about I'll Brian go Bayo? One for one. Jonathan India. For Brian no Bayo. chance. No chance. James Paxton is good this year. James Paxton is also 34 and didn't play all last year because he was hurt. I'm just saying. That's not top... That doesn't mean anything. That's yeah, not how elbows work, my year. guy. That's not how elbows work. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. 97 from the left side coming in on you just a little bit. I'm not it's unhittable. And you Listen, don't want that. That's fine. I'm, Cincinnati's I'm not saying he's not, not good this year. Deadline, beating a big lefty, really setting themselves up for a postseason run. That's not something you're comfortable with. You're not willing to trade a big piece to, to really go for it this year. But, well, you know, there's going to be a year where you're ready for that, and I'm excited. Listen, Cincinnati's going to be I'm, fun. I'm willing to trade big pieces, but I'm willing to trade them for someone like Dylan Cease. James Paxton oh. is a rental. Dylan Cease, I, he doesn't have that much team control left, does he? Yeah, he does. He has like three years. Really? I mean, wow. if, yeah. Listen, you're, you're, you're just like, you're delusional. James you're a little delusional. It's fine. You're because guess what? I've been the guy on that other side for years, right? All these Reds rebuilds, they find that guy every year that they nobody wanted. They get him on waivers and they think they're going to get a big prospect for him, and it never happens. I'm here to tell you, my guy, it doesn't happen. It just doesn't, right? 
Scooter Jeanette oh. is never going to give you the the big time prospect. James Paxton's not going to give you the big time prospect. I'm sorry. What, but if I told you, Fife, yeah. what if I gave you one piece of information that would convince you that James Paxton is the guy? I've got one, and I know it's going to hit you hard. Go ahead, please tell me. He played college at the college baseball at the University. Yeah, he played of Kentucky. at Kentucky. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I, I know Big Maple played at Kentucky. I I know that. That's your guy. You need. I'm him. not. Okay. I'm not giving up. A, I'm not giving up anybody who is below like, or anybody who's above like their top fifteen prospects. Not even touching them. Not even close. I feel like you need to. Okay. You need to make this trade. Listen, I'm on. It, I'm on. I'm on, I already, I'm on I already said side. the last. The last episode. Nick Crawl is. People have been asking. And what most teams want for their starters is a lot, apparently. I mean, you saw what a role this Chapman just got. He just got traded to the Texas Rangers, and they gave up two, like, top 15 pitching prospects for him for a, a rental reliever. That yes. They're also trying to just rebuild around any pitching staff around – where DeGrom left them. I know Evaldi took over and is doing amazing. Well, I, I think they're doing a bit more than rebuilding. They're winning. Like, they're they're winning now. But no, they're, they're, they're absolutely contending. exceptional. And that's why I don't want it to get overlooked that, like, they're having to replace DeGrom. Like, that's a, that's, that's a guy that you were like, this is going to be our, like, horse. Like, this well, is going to be our just, beast. He's like, going to go out there and with everybody on that, like that is the rotation that at the beginning of the season was like the most volatile. Like this might be a really great team if everything works out right. If it works out how we think it will, everyone will be hurt by May and it's over. And it's actually worked out pretty well. Nathan Ivaldi, who also all-star, former Boston Red Sox. How's John Gray doing? And he pitches against us on Friday. I'm so excited. Let's, let's, let's look He's at those Texas Rangers. Like not... No, Tom, he's going to do really well in the playoffs, which you guys will be watching from home as a fifth-place team. These Texas Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for, for five years from now when the Red Sox win 102 games and come in fifth and don't make a wild-card spot. So... Of Put all of the Red Sox, of all of the Texas Rangers starters, anybody who's actually started a game for them, all of them have an ERA plus above 100. Of all these at 163, Dane Dunning 161, John Gray 135, Andrew Heaney 105, they're doing pretty well. They're having some fun. Trying to look at their team stats overall pitching wise. I mean, they've been awesome this year, so it makes yeah. sense. And it's like everything is worked out. Nobody's gotten hurt. Everything is just perfect, except for you know Degrom. But like, they're still a first place team in a competitive division without Jacob Degrom. Yeah, that's what terrifies me about them. And then you add a role as Chapman, who is pitching a lot better this year, a whole lot better. Yeah, but I mean. I'm not stressed about playoff Chapman. No, no, he'll be he'll, that he'll was a something. stupid move if they're like you have to play off play. Dude, so there were a lot of people. The the buzz in the last couple weeks really picked up in Cincinnati. Cause I guess Chapman said somewhere, I don't know when, if it was recent or past, 
he said, hey, I would really love to come back to Cincinnati again. That was a great place to play. And immediately everybody was like, yep, we got to trade for him. We're all in. Trade for a role as Chapman. Which, hold up a little bit there. That would that'd be fun, but let's hold up here. <laughs> I watched him I, on the Yankees. I would have liked to see yeah. him back. I would have liked to see him back. I mean, he's back up to throwing 103 again. He, I, I'd like to see him back. I mean, he did so well for y'all at the beginning of his career. I understand why you'd want to see him back, but he's not that guy. Like, you what have you that guy. Like, what do you, you define as that guy? You have Alexis Diaz. Couples therapy? Listen, I, I'm, at, I'm kind of at the <laughs> point where I'm, I'm discounting things that happened to New York or to guys in New York on the Yankees. Cause I don't like everyone just seems to go die there. How, how's Joey Gallo doing this year? I mean, he's fine. He's not lighting the world on fire. He's batting 190 with 14 jacks. I mean, he's Better Joey Gallo in New York, right? Yeah, but he's not, Sonny he's Gray. not like he was back in Texas. He's not playing like that. Sonny Gray. I mean, I'll give you that, but I don't know. I think Sonny Gray said that they just weren't, very good with understanding how he wants to pitch yeah so i don't know if it's necessarily like new york i think that was more of the team itself screwing with him yeah every team kind of does well there's a few teams that used to do that i think the pirates are the biggest example of that right they they always wanted to be that like slider sinker team and once guys got to the big leagues they made them do it and so you had guys like Tyler Glasnow and Garrett Cole who just didn't do well there because that wasn't what made them good. And then they basically forced them to throw those pitches. And the Yankees, yeah, kind Major of League Baseball thing. has Major League Baseball has a hubris issue. They're literally, I mean, that's the reason why these top prospects that have flamed out keep getting chances because they're like, well, we can fix them. Well, Everyone... no, they didn't. They didn't even think they could fix them. They just said, look, we've been in the game a long time. This is how you're going to pitch because we think it works. Right. I mean, I don't care what you do. This works. You're, you're, you're talking to a Twins fan whose pitching coach for a decade was Rick Anderson, and his motto was just throw sinkers in the zone, and they're just going to beat it into the ground yeah, to the tune of a right. five-five team ERA, and we'd be yeah. losing, you know, a hundred games a year. Like, which, and you know, what's clearly it's, it's not working. working. But they have a. But the Twins had a hubris issue, and our coaching staff had a hubris issue of like, well, it'll work eventually. Like, no, it's not, well, and it won't. It did work eventually because now everybody's throwing the the turbo sinkers and they are we, nasty. You know why? Because we're not using that philosophy anymore. Now they're yeah. like, you can throw a slider and a sweeper, cool, but your curveball is better. Let's throw your curveball because that's the better pitch for you. It's less of a hubris issue. It's more of like a, this is what this player does well. Let's help this player. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's my soapbox for the episode, I guess. Major League Baseball is a hubris issue. Oh, absolutely. I mean, isn't that what, like, the whole Moneyball book was about? No, Billy Bean was always really understanding and open to other people's criticisms. I mean, yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Billy, Billy Bean was, was one of the... Definitely yeah. in no way was a tyrant at all. No, I mean, he definitely yeah, was, of, like, willing to let people talk. Yeah. A lot of math guys are super empathetic. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. All those NSA guys, man, like, they're people people is what they are. They... Yeah. They have their finger on the pulse of what's going on in society, and they're just they're they're there to hear about you. They want to know about you. I mean, that is true. So much so that they're listening in on you, but like yeah. that's they're just trying to get to know you, man. That's all they're trying to do from the NSA. 
not for the reasons you think, but yeah, that's true. They do. Yeah. They do want to know you. I'm trying to get you a Christmas card this year. All right, that's what they're gaming for. I hope so. That'd be nice. All right, enough yeah, about conspiracy theories. That's not a conspiracy. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, the patriotic Patriot Act is crazy. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh man. So before so, the suits show up at my door, what else are we talking about? I mean, I, I think uh, we're. I'm, so I know I'm, the All Star Game isn't like I'm, halfway. I'm it's like slight. It's like fifty four ish percent of the season, but we're basically halfway done with the season. Can you believe that? No, I wish it would last longer, but it is what it is. The Twins yeah. have already broken my heart, so what are you gonna do? I mean, so my question is, at what point do we basically say that? Barring a few really good runs or a few collapses, everybody kind of is who they are right now, team-wise. Um, no, I, 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 I don't know if I would disagree with that. Let me pull up the standings here really quick. I mean, you're always going to have kind of a discrepancy. Go for I, it. I would, I would have to disagree just because I think a lot of teams are – but there, there is going to be an addition or a subtraction to the trade deadline that, tra- that just changes the team. There's too many teams kind of in it right now, for that not to happen. Yeah, but how how much does that really like, totally vault a team into a totally different trajectory? I, I think it's harder to do that in baseball. Like even even if you have a team that like trades for Justin Verlander, like the Astros are still good. They just got a little bit better. Now, that's obviously, true, if someone but... like traded for Otani, that's that's like the peak of what you could do, and that's still like you trade Otani to the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are still going to lose ninety games. Well, what they're looking for here is moving the needle, right? So if you give Shohei Otani, well, we'll just say like for the for the purpose of this, you're you're acquiring the best player available. If you give Shohei Otani to the Detroit Tigers right now, they're four games out of first place in a terrible division that might move the needle a little bit if you give him to the houston astros who are three games out of first place and the rangers are kind of scuffling right now that could be a huge addition to that team you like i mean you're completely right if you give him to the oakland days they're still gonna suck no matter how good he is but you're not trying to you know get another 17 wins you're trying to get another two or three wins it's kind of crazy with a 162 game season there's been a lot of game 163s. There have been a lot of tiebreakers. There have been a lot of times where it's like, if we would have not blown this lead in the ninth when we had a four-run lead, we would have won this division or we'd have been, you know, one game out of way to Todd or whatever it is. They're not trying to move the needle a ton. They're just trying to move it a little bit, man. And I think yeah. you can do that. If you get the right deadline acquisition, if you get the right reliever who just goes on a heater, man, doesn't let up a run for 10, 10 relief appearances, that might be enough to move the needle for you. Schwarber, Schwarber to the Phillies. That was it, yeah. Hunter Renfro to the Red Sox when they made that push. Crazy play, like, I get it. There's always going to be someone in right field, but that's that's a move that changes the outlook of a team. And if you can, like, fill a, a genuine need, yeah, you can absolutely change the outlook of a rotate, like, of a section. Of your of an offense of a rotation of a bullpen, but it'll be an interesting deadline. I'll say that. 
I, yeah. I'm intrigued to see who's on the move, especially with the price of starting pitching right now. I'm intrigued to see who gets traded. I think if if someone's because of there's because of the asking price, right? The the market availability, I think, is gonna be a little bit more. Because some teams that are on the fringe, like if you think of a Chicago Cubs, when they've publicly come out and said, we're not trading Marcus Stroman, if someone comes at them with, you know, a package headline by a prospect like Matt McClain, I think they'd be more willing to listen to that package. If the prices are what they are and they someone comes to you with a great deal, everyone is available in Major League Baseball, including Shohei Otani. So I think, I think there could be a potential for a bigger name like a Stroman to be on the move, no matter what the Cubs are saying. I think the chance is there. And the Angels are five and a half games out of first place. I, I really want to know what it would take for them to listen to an Otani trade. I think a 10-game losing streak right now where they're no, I'm, I'm saying out. the offer. What would the offer have to be for them to listen to it? Dude, I mean, you're, you're to put it in Red's terms, because that's who we talk about the most, I feel, and we have the best familiarity. I mean, you're talking Ellie De La Cruz and Matt McClain and Noel V. Marte and Spencer Steer and, 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 and. Like, you're not talking about, we'll give you three prospects. It's, we'll give you five of our top ten prospects, and then we'll give you three of the other two that are, three of the other five that are available. Like, that's what you're going to do to try and get Shohei Otani. And I don't even think that's enough. That dude's just unreal. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you're, if you're, like, you'd have to replace basically six war on both sides of the ball. And that's going to take quite a bit of really good players to do that. Right. I mean, you basically need L.A. De La Cruz, and then you need Hunter Green on the other side as well. So it's no longer like, we'll give you L.A. De La Cruz or Hunter Green. It's, we have to give you both to replace the one guy that we're acquiring. And at this point, the Angels actually have a winning record. So they're going to want major league ready players too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of interesting stuff. It's going to be a Um, great time next summer when Shohei Otani is playing for the Dodgers. That's true. So we, uh, we've kind of reached that point. We're going to, we're going to talk more about the trade deadline. That's coming up. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, we'll so we don't want to we don't want to get too much into that. We've got a whole episode coming up on that. This is just kind of our chance to talk about the All Star Game rosters. Um, you know, Thompson and I will probably be back at you with another episode next week. Fife might be out of pocket, so we'll continue to get a little bit better with this stuff. But we do appreciate you guys hanging around for this one. I'm just gonna pop in randomly from the top row and just start blasting. And you'll start, yeah, it'll just be throwing great. Reds facts at you. We love that. We love that interesting. So much. Before we leave, if you look at the standings for the NL Central, just to show how bad it is. AL Central, we know, is bad, right? Shut up. At least the first place team, which right now is the T- Minnesota Twins with a losing record. But you're the only team that has a positive run differential. Every other team has a negative one. The NL Central hey, has also has one team with a positive run differential. That's the Chicago Cubs in fourth place. Every other team has a negative run differential. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, uh, I hate the American League East. <laughs> I mean, look, the Red Sox, they don't have a very good run differential either. So, Yeah. I feel like we have to, we have to give Thompson a time to decompress after that comment right there. He's just, he's just like punching the air right now. I don't, I don't think the AL East is that good, man. I just don't think it's that good, you know? Sorry. All right. On that hot take, uh, we're going to end. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know?
bunch of scrubs, you know, just just one <laughs> one good team. So All right, you better stop the recording before Thompson says something he's gonna regret. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna eat fine. my computer. <laughs> it seems okay. like a poor decision. We'll catch you guys next right. time. Goodbye. <laughs>